You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. To be in the company of a pious and sagacious ummah, let's welcome you all with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Pertinence punctuated, as I said, keeping you company, Sheikh Shoei Maida, who is, alhamdulillah, a Badina uh, graduate. He's an alim. He's an astute businessman. He's a humanitarian. He's a motivational lecturer and a world-class broadcaster that broadcasts in many, many platforms. Sheikh Shoei Maida, let's welcome you also with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing, Sheikh Shoei Maida. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My dear brother Shafat Ahmed Khan, alhamdulillah. I'm doing good this evening and uh, everything seems okay. Allah has been merciful to us. You know, we're getting cold nights and uh, during the day sometimes it's, it's cold, sometimes it's hot. But alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. I mean, we cannot thank Allah enough. And uh, knowing that we just closed Ramadan and the Noor is still there and Shawwal is almost going whereby those that benefit themselves have started already, you know, uh, taking the reward of fasting, you know, uh, for six days of Shawwal. So they make it like the fast for the whole year through. You know, I was just listening to a chat the other day. They say, you know, uh, look at the uh, car dealership or even the car manufacturers. They do not trust to give you the car with only five tires. You know, it's a brand new car, brand new five tires, but they never trust you with uh, uh, five, five, four new tires on the car. What they do, they give you another extra tire. Why? Yet it's a brand new car, you know. You say, okay, in cases we may just... So the same, Ramadan came in, we don't know where we went wrong, and the fifth tire can come handy if something was wrong uh, during or first in the month of Ramadan, Shaf. Yes, sir, Sheikh Maiza, you make a good point there. You must have a spare tire because you don't know where you're going to get a puncture, and uh, then you uh, go for the spare tire, and what happens if that uh, spare tire gets a puncture too? You have no tires. So, uh, yakin in Allah is very important, and mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, Allah can save us from uh, lots of lots of things. I don't know if you had that experience, Sheikh uh, Shoy Maida, where you just put a spare tire and uh, two kilometers down the road, you had another puncher. Sheikh Maida, did that ever happen to you? Yeah, things like that do happen in life, Shafat. You know, as you <laughs> said, you know, have, have faith and yakin in Allah is the best one. You know, although you tied your camel still. Have faith that if Allah wants, he can bust the other three at one time and you don't know where to go at the mom- that moment, Shaf. Absolutely. Now, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, on the realistic plane that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, this uh, time on earth, and you know, one of the things that really make life a worthwhile living for a Muslim especially is the five daily prayer, the salah that we perform. And you know, I also look at salah as a punctuation mark. You know, During the course of the day, Allah is giving us breaks. You're going to pray, you're going to bow down before me. And keeping that continuous, uh, you know, proximity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the com- continuous link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, no other religion, no other, you know, uh, faith has this beautiful, beautiful institution. Actually, it's a pillar in Islam uh, than the House of Islam. I want you to reflect on that. Talk to us about that, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida, the institution <laughs> yeah. of Salah. You know, Salah Shaf comes after the second pillar in Islam, which is the first one is to acknowledge, you know, and have faith and yakin that there's no one worth of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is actually uh, a virtue of a word of trust, to say you acknowledge and you trust in your heart that what you're acknowledging is the real truth. And thereafter, 
you have to go to practical affairs of the truth that you've acknowledged, which is actually performing five daily salas. And, uh, you know, let me just put you in this way, Shaf, you know, uh, it's like you're on a marathon. And this is, we have to take it from there that, you know, we are running a marathon. And this marathon we're coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the end point is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's an amazing part, Shaf, is that, you know, all those stations you get for water and the rest of that in, in the house of Islam, that is your salahs. So this marathon, you stop for salah, you nourish yourself. If you want to take longer time, read your zikr, read the Quran al-Karim. Once you finish, you're back again on the marathon. And what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, we come from Allah ta'ala and from there we have to go back. And when it comes to salah itself, it says from the sunnah, the first thing that uh, the son of Adam will be questioned before anything else on the day of Qiyamah will be Salah. You know, your foot or my foot will never move until I'm questioned about my Salah. Did I perform them or did I do them right or I didn't do them right? So we must understand that is the first thing will be asked and even another tradition, as Salah to Miftah Jannah. It says Salah is the key for your Jannah. So if you do, did all the good work and you haven't done your Salah, it means you'll be standing outside and there's no veranda between Jannah and Jahannam. It means you'll be standing in Jahannam. So Salah really is the key for everything, Shab, as well as a tool to keep us actually checked at all the times in doing right. You remember what Allah says to us, that dear Salah makes actually a person to refrain from doing shameful and evil activities when they're performing. So that's actually another question we need to be questioning ourselves. When we perform salah and we come out of the musalla, what kind of human beings are we after that? Are we back uh, to the norm of being uh, doing the same bad things we're doing? Or do we change for the best of that? I perform salah now, I'm changing to the better. So if we're not changing, it means the salah is not saving its purpose in us. And then also salah is actually a cleansing. That is spiritual cleansing of a human being. If you remember in another tradition where Nabi Sallallahu says, take an imagination that you had a river running by your doorstep. And every day you are bathing five times on that river, early in the morning, in the noon, and then between uh, noon and sunset, at sunset and before you go to bed. It means obviously you won't be able to remain with any impurities on your body. So that the same Salah does that. Spiritually, it cleanses our impurities if we perform them in time, and also every day. And you must remember that Allah has made again another statement in the Quran to say, Inna salata kanata al-mu'minin kitabam mawkuta. To say salah, it is to the believers in its own prescribed times. So the habit of having uh, kadha and the rest of that, we need to deal with that actually decisively. You know, if you want to get close to Allah, to Aswan or Tashaf. Yes, sir, Sheikh you know, well said there. And also, you know, Salah, and you know, the important thing of getting into the groove of uh, uh, reading your Salah five times daily, and uh, some homes are very fortunate in that, uh, you know, the whole household performs Salah. And, you know, especially children, it is the mother that is so important. You know, the mothers are that uh, motivate the children into the Tilawah of the Noble Quran, they uh, motivate the children to perform the five daily Salah. It is a mother, even she, she motivates her husband to perform a salah and even, hey, it's time for you to go to the mosque and so forth. But uh, the importance of, uh, you know, a powerful mother that makes a powerful children, uh, you know, uh, pious children, uh, Sheikh Shoei I want you to reflect on that. 
You know, Shav, the first school for everybody is your mother. That is the first school. And if that school is corrupted, you'll have problems. But if the school is actually very stable and everything is done realistically, that means the students from that school will come out tops. You know, that's why I mentioned. I'll give you a good example of what you said now. You know, if you get the children, the reading, salah, and whatsoever, the learning from the house, it becomes a blessed house. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't avoid salah. I'll tell you, I'll give an example of one of the days last week. Adhan was going. And uh, while Adhan is finished, I'm just, sitting, I'm just sitting there a little bit. I don't know what I was doing, but I was just sitting there. The smallest one in the house comes in. She takes a muswal and puts in front of her. And she started reading Salah Asaw. When she finished reading... And uh, yes, uh, Sheikh Shoy Maida. Uh, yeah, whilst we are talking, uh, Sheikh, uh, we noticed that uh, we had uh, some interference coming through. And you were very eloquently talking about, Alhamdulillah, Sheikh Shoy Maida, about uh, the Azan going. And your little daughter there coming out with the Musalla and uh, putting it down and praying. And, uh, you know, uh, continue, Sheikh Shoy Maida. Yeah, no, no, Shaf. I mean, she comes in on the Muswalla, she comes with the Muswalla, and she reads herself first before saying anything. When she finishes, she looks at me and saying, I'm sitting still idle. I say, Are you a shaitan? And now you don't read Salah. He said, Must read Salah. So I had to say, Okay, take the Muswalla, put in the room. I go read it. So I said, It's unfair. You, put it, you come read here so we can all read Salah with you. So, which means she read her Sunnah. She was waiting for me to become the Imam of the Salah. And Alhamdulillah, and that's how it goes. You know, if the Mother in the house is very strong when it comes to Salah and the rest of that understanding, observing that Salah is going and Adhan is going. And when Adhan goes, uh, she emphasizes the point that it's time to pick up the Muswalla, make Uthman read Salah. I mean, it becomes a pattern that the children grow up with. And uh, yes, I've seen that even sometimes I pick up my little daughter in the afternoon, which is close to Salah time. And when I pick up what we do, we go together to the masjid for salah together. So she knows she reads salah, she knows we have to go read salah. And she knows when I pick up, first thing we do is daddy, we have to rush to the masjid, it's going to be salah time now. So yeah, we need actually to bring that kind of vibe in our homes, whereby, you know, we need to emphasize the importance of salah. To say this is what is going to keep us together in general as a family. And if we don't read our salah all the time together, or if we don't read our salah, we're going to be isolated when the day of Qiyamah, one will be one side, one will be on one side. So we need to have this uh, key, which is our key going to Jannah, inshallah. So that would be a great, as I said, Shav, the mothers in the house, they need to get very observant when it comes to Salah, and they need actually to dispatch uh, that kind of duty, actually, uh, accordingly. You know, when Adhan goes, they must make sure, make a loud scream in the house. Adhan is going, it's time we meet up for wudu. After all this time, we read Salah together. I think that's the key factor that we need to be living for today. We need to bring back those memories. You remember in old days, Shaf, whereby we used, we used to read Salahs with our grandfathers who come drag you, come, let's go for Salah. You know, even your small child, they'll pull you to go sit in a masjid to watch. I mean, this is what we need to, to give to the children today or the youth today. Because most of the youth is seeing, is believing. And if we don't just show them what is happening, and then we give them stories. Salah is like this, this is the best part of Salah, and yet we don't go read Salah. They haven't seen us reading Salah. It makes no difference to them because they haven't practiced it. So we need to uh, show them uh, via practicing it, Shaf. You know, Sheikh Shoebaida, we are very fortunate uh, nowadays uh, that most of us can hear the Azan being given. And, you know, when the Muslim says, Hayala uh, Salah, Hayala Salah, come to prayer, come to prayer, Hayala Salah, come to success. And, you know, we're hearing this, and sometimes 
because we hear it so often, uh, people get, uh, you know, some of them just take it for granted. Oh, there's the azan going. But it's such an important call, and the meaning is so deep. And, you know, you find people ignoring it. You know, what is a punishment for those that, you know, just have uh, no no respect, in, uh, and especially if they are Muslims, uh, Sheikh Shreem, I think it's something that, uh, you know, we need to uh, make an issue of. You see, when it comes to that question, Sharf, I mean, uh, I'll just put it in straightforward way where Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Al-Kareem, say, wa la taqunu kalladhina nasullah you know, if we become uh, actually just accustomed to hearing to Adhan or maybe become immune to going and perform Salah, we become like the people that Allah has fired us, the ones that have um, made themselves, given ourselves a core of forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of that, Allah says, Allah made them forget their own selves. So this, this is a punishment. If you are not active in what Allah is calling to, Definitely Allah will leave you like that. And what happens that time, it means you're trapped and you're grabbed by shaitan. You know, that's, uh, that's a, a, a secret part of Ibadat Shaf. It's either the highway or it's either the wrong way. So the moment you leave the right way, you're going already on the wrong way. So when it comes to Adhan and Salah, this is actually an essential part of us as Muslims. As you said now, <laughs> we actually are fortunate that we can hear Adhan going everywhere in our localities. No one can say, no, I didn't hear Adhan. And yes, or so if you can't hear that, you got your phone that has got alarm, you got your watches that you can set alarms for appointment of work or appointment to do something. You can set the same appointment for Salah to say at this moment in time, in Salah time, let me set a reminder. When that time comes, my watch is going to beep or my phone is going to give an alarm. That's how we should be. We must be clued knowing that any time, any moment Allah can cause. And what do we have to present before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We won't be able to present our successes in this dunya when it comes to accumulating funds, beautiful mansions, beautiful cars, beautiful clothing. We have seen how many people have gone that had so much of money, but then when they went, it's only in the coffin and buried in that small space. So, I mean, this should be giving us actually a reason enough for us to understand that Allah is calling us for good. You know, come for salah, come for success. I mean, there's no better success. Then when we close the, our eyes in this dunya, get ourselves a plain ticket, a, a good, uh, easy ticket to Jannah. There's no better success than that. You know, this dunya is just a place that is uh, we have to pass by, and everything is here to deceive us. Our families and everybody is there to deceive us. As I said, when you die, you go on in a coffin, and when you go on, your family will never come with you because you supported them. They all sit backwards, and maybe you cause a havoc when you're going to start fighting over what you left over if you didn't do things right as well. So yes, let's make sure that Salah comes a main point, a main pillar for us, and let's make sure that you know we benefit from Salah itself. As we did uh, recite earlier on what Allah said, Inna salata munkar, that Salah must really save that purpose in us, that it saves us from doing evil and shameful activities, which means our dealings have to be straightforward and must start in the name of Allah as must end up in the name of Allah Shaf. Yeah, Sheikh Shoy Maida, and then, you know, that Fajr Salah, As-Salatu Khayrun Minan Noam, and, uh, you know, Salah is better than sleep, and it's the Muazzin is calling out to you, and, you know, um, a few scholars have said this, for a person to get up for Fajr Salah, especially in winter time, and to kick his duvet out, 
He's more stronger than the strongest wrestler. He's more b- better than the heavyweight champion of the world. When he kicks that duvet up and he gets up and he says, Salah, he's better than sleep. And he goes and performs his Salah. And how beautiful, you know, to read your Salah um, yeah, physically and spiritually, you're in sync. And then it also gives you that beautiful, you know, uh, disposition. It actually makes a statement that people look at your face and they can see that you are a person that is a performing Salah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, gives a person nur ala nur also, Sheikh Shaykh Maida. I don't know, on a person that performs Salah, uh, salah regularly, you'll find that, that this person is a unique person, he's a distinguished person, and he's a type of person uh, that you feel happy to see. I don't know, what's your thoughts on that? You know, Shaf, you're correct. I mean, uh, looking like this time, Shaf, it's, I, I can tell, I'll tell you, I'll give you a sad story. It is too sad that like now in KZN, our uh, Fajr Salah is around 6 o'clock in the morning and you find someone wakes up very early to prepare themselves to go to work and they miss the Fajr Salah. I mean, it's just so amazing. It's so, it's so amazing that, I mean, you don't know where to start, where, how you can actually tackle that issue. And yet, I mean, it's just five minutes for you to read that Fajr Salah, not more than five minutes, but you miss it because you're rushing to the bus and the bus will take you up to sunrise. You didn't read your Salah. I mean, it's so amazing. Why can't we wake up 10, 15, 10 minutes, 20 minutes earlier than the normal time? So, you know, at least when you finish all what you have to do, you finish your shower and the rest of that, you got time to read your Sunnah for Fajr, and then you got time to read your Farad Fajr. When you're going rushing to the bus, everything has started, and then while you finish reading your Salah, you ask Allah, Allahumma iftah yawmuna hadha bil khair. Ya Allah, open this day for us with a lot of khair. You know, وَرْزُقْنَا فِيهَا مِنْ جَمِيعِ الْخَيْرَاتِ وَالْبَرَكَاتِ الْمَوْجُودَ فِي هَذَا الْيَوْمَ الْمُبَارَكَ And Ya Allah, grant us and sustain us with the best of sustenance that actually you've actually uh, made it available for your creation in this day that is so blessed. <clears throat> I mean, that way you started with a blessing. And then when you finish the day, you, are, you, you, you make dua and say, Allah, as you gave us a beautiful day with a lot of barakah, please complete it, conclude us with a lot of, conclude it for us with a lot of barakah and blessings. And that if you decide, that in this night we're going to sleep and we won't wake up tomorrow. Ya Allah, bless us the general fidels. I mean, that's how we should be every time. Looking forward to Salah. You know, they say in a tradition, there's seven people that Allah to put them on his shade. On the day where there won't be any shade except the shade of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amongst them, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, The man whose heart is inclined to the masajid, in the sense his heart knows this is going to be Salah time. I have to get myself to the masjid to perform Salah, and this is going to be Salah time. And he knows all that, and he makes sure he does that. If he can't make it, he makes sure wherever he is, he reads his Salah, so that he makes sure that you know he's within that uh, limit where Allah Ta'ala says Salah to a believer is in his own prescribed times. So which means for a believer, has Salah in the prescribed times. And now if you want to make other, I don't know uh, which option you can get yourself out of this shaft. Yes, uh, Sheikh Shaimai, absolutely a brilliant day indeed. And as you said, your heart is connected uh, to the uh, masjid, it's connected uh, to for the salah. And you know, the importance is uh, that your intention, that you go to, sal- uh, to the masjid uh, to go and pray and to make your salah. And uh, you know, sometimes you find individuals, mashallah, good habit, they go for salah, but then, you know, rush their salah just to be with the friends in the foyer of the masjid and uh, making, uh, you know, idle chatter and so forth. You know, something that uh, maybe we should touch on and how do we uh, we do an introspection to stop that habit 
of, you know, making sure that we went for Salah, we went and performed our Salah, and maybe we should come back home quicker and spend some quality time with the family members. Uh, your thoughts are there, Sheikh Shui Maida? Easy, Shaf. There we can correct it easy. You leave home five minutes before that. Meet your friends. You've got that five minutes to, to discuss to have at least some stories that you have. Adhan goes in, you in the mosque, you start your sunnats. Once you finish, you read your farad. You can even rush after your farad. Go home. When you go home, read your sunnats at home with your family. I mean, uh, let them see you, that you read in the masjid and you read in home. In the same token, if they were lazy to read at home, or maybe if it passed by them when they're sitting at home, they didn't read salah, they see you reading the sunnah, definitely everybody wake up and say, you know what, <coughs> we missed out on uh, farad salah. Now that is reading sunnah, let's join him so we can read our sunnah together as well. So that actually should be done. I mean, we need to actually uh, stop cutting, start cutting down on that. Because all these punch charts, all the charts that we have that are necessary are the ones that are robbing us of our quality time within ourselves, quality times with our families, and even quality time with Allah. You know, the best uh, time you can spend quality time with Allah is in the middle of the night when you wake up for that tajjud. And how do you wake up for that? If you manage to leave the masjid early after Isha, you spend some quality time with your family at home, and you go off to sleep early as well, you'll be able to wake up early and also you spend some quality time with your creator. So we need actually to start building up those moments because it's really important than us sitting there and talking, you know, unnecessary stories, yet we go the whole day where we can do that. I mean, sometimes you find, I mean, the wife will sit and say, you know, when you go to the mosque, you don't come back home and not that you're making a bother you're sitting there. And, you know, it's a different story. If you're sitting there, you're reading all your sunnahs and you start there read uh, Quran and make zikr. It's a different story. But you know, doing that, just waste, wasting time and talking things that are outside of this world. Sometimes you talk of things that actually will question your salah, that was your salah. Okay, you're talking about this here to finish making salah. So yes, we need to try and do that. Our families need our time, which is ibadat as well. Spending quality time with your family is part of ibadat. So that, let's actually benefit both. You went to the masjid, you read in Jamaat, benefit. You leave early, spend quality time with your family, a lot of reward. You go to bed early, You'll be able to spend quality time with Allah, wake up for Tajjul, Alhamdulillah. So all this will be done in moderation where you finish your Tajjul in the morning, you even ready to read your Fajr and you're not tired, your body is as fresh because you have done everything in moderation, Shaf. Yeah, Sheikh Shurim, as I make a good point there, everything uh, done in moderation. And as you say, the Salah, and you know, we uh, generally, most of us are very fortunate uh, that, uh, you know, uh, you uh, that's the whole time where people generally get the lunch time at that time, and you have time to go to the mosque. And uh, you know, if you're yakin, I mean, your 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 iman is strong, and you have that implicit faith in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You will make your way to the mosque, and you know, you maybe even enjoy your lunch time, even uh, you know, with with a lot of our divine uh, blessings. And it's uh, even when it comes to our Jumma Salah, we are so fortunate uh, again, where even our uh, the, the, the non-Muslim employers, they give uh, the, the, the employees uh, time off to go for the Salah. And in many cases, you'll find that the workplace, especially the non-Muslims, when they know you are a, a punctual uh, you know, uh, namazi or you go for Salah all the time, uh, the respect for you is that much higher and they come up to you and they generally ask you, um, Mr. Maida, uh, Sheikh Maida, what is this you're doing that uh, we notice that you go for Friday prayer or you want to go for a certain time, you know, go for your uh, you call midday prayer. Explain to us what it is. And 
in many cases, lots of people uh, accepted Islam just by uh, giving dawah, by uh, showing people what namaz is all about or what salah is all about. Uh, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, uh, your, your take on that? You see, Chef, and, uh, you see the world today admires honest people. So what comes to the mind of your employer at this moment is to say, if this person can be actually so loyal to, uh, to a creator that is unseen, I mean, uh, it, it would be easy for him to be loyal to a person that they can see. So that they love you the most. But I mean, the moment you start hiding yourself, you know, changing the beard style, changing the dressing because you don't want to be known you're Muslim, then it becomes a problem. Then even Ramadan, you'll be able to break your fast because you want to impress to show that, you know, you're the man of the men, you know, whereby you doing things, you, you're doing yourself harm. So, yes, we need actually to uh, actually stand up, stand forward and actually see uh, how good it is to express yourself, you know, spiritually. Tell your employers, look, I'm a Muslim in between. I need to have that space of 10, 15 minutes of prayer. And always respect to it. They always give you a place to read your salah. You know, I've worked for a company like Chip uh, Pallets. And uh, when I went for the interview, I did mention I'm a Muslim. And at least on the old Friday, I need at least two and a half hours because I need to go to different places for prayers. And even at the office, I need actually a place where I can pray all I have to go to the mosque. And they created a space for me for salah. Even the wudu canals uh, was created for me. And yet there were other Muslims that were there. They were quiet and nobody knew about it until when this was done. That's when I knew, oh, this one is a Muslim, that one is a Muslim. So actually we need to speak up and we need to stand on that strong path to say, I am a Muslim and this is what Islam wants from me and let's believe in what we have. You know, we have the base of the region, Shaf. And last mentioned, welcome to Mukhaira Ummah. You are the base of the nation that Allah has ever created, you know, for mankind to enjoy what is good and forbid what is wrong. So, I mean, that is there. If you speak to everybody, you're Muslim and you practice upon your deen, people respect you for that because they know there'll be a lot of honesty out of you and they know they can trust you with uh, the work that you're doing and without even worrying about what you're doing, Shaf. Yes, sir, Sheikh Shoemaida, as you said, uh, the trustees, uh, uh, you know, of the employer, when he looks at his Muslim staff, and uh, I know yesterday, uh, you know, uh, many uh, uh, companies uh, that were white-owned used to tell the the Muslim, uh, you know, e e employees, uh, you know what, you go and, uh, the employer and the employee, uh, they used to tell the employee, uh, you know what, uh, go and uh, go and get uh, some of your family members that can uh, we can bring into the company, because they liked uh, honesty of the Muslim, and then you found if the father worked there, the son worked in the same comp uh, company, then the, his son and his son and his son all worked in the same company because of what? They were, you know, good Muslims, and they made an indelible and a an, uh, uh, very positive impression on uh, the bosses, and uh, they were also, mashallah, uh, you know, uh, reading the Salah uh, regularly. Sheikh Shui Maida, already brilliant uh, talking to you this evening. Perhaps your parting words, uh, Sheikh Maida, before I let you go. You know, Shaf, uh, let's face the facts. Uh, Salah is the key for us to Jannah. So let's make sure we observe it as Allah has taught us to do it. And following the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu when he said, perform Salah as you've seen me performing Salah. I think that should be the guideline for us performing Salah. And yes, this is the only key we have for us to go to Jannah. All our actions we're doing. We will, never go, be, we will never be able to pass through the entrances of Jannah if our salah is corrupted. So let's make sure our salah is in place. And we do as, as Allah has commanded us. May Allah bless you, Shaf, and your family for all the efforts and the time you're putting in these programs. And may Allah reward you abundantly in this dunya and also grant you Jannah to fill out. And don't forget me when you're going to Jannah. I want to be next to you, Shaf.
Yes, sir, people, time for us to go for a break. When you get back, uh, it will be uh, Molana Salim Karim on pertinence uh, punctuated.